Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Can you can you get me more coffee? Me too. <laughs> me too. Gosh, you don't know how to make it. You can we please it. just start it with, can you get me more coffee? <laughs> yes. pod we're gonna have to address a listener question from last week the 200 percent podcast has asked why does everyone hate kievo verona and this question was directed to me because uh i did a little celebratory gif stream when kievo got relegated by napoli yes and pretty much the reasons that i can tell you is that kievo are kind of like a plastic team in italy it's hellas verona (laughs) that are the main team for Verona. Um, They have no fans. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to say it. They have no fans. And no one Kievo fan, just for the record. I know. That's why I'm saying they have no fans. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And they, ever since, like, they've been in Serie A for, like, what, eight years or something? Seven, eight years. And they desperately cling on every single time. And they have never played anything resembling an attractive form of football. So they're just ugly and dirty and they take points away from players. And Sonia, I don't care what you have to say. I see you raising your hand because for some reason you want to defend them and this is not about defending them. No, 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 I wasn't. I was going to just say, how is that any different than Udinese? Udinese has played attractive football in the past decade as seen by the article that connected you and me with Alexis Sanchez. Yes, Jesse, you are raising your hand. I am. Um, if it came down to who do we hate more, Kievo or Juve, how do we make that choice? Uh, Juventus. We're, yeah. Yeah, okay. it, it, that's the entire, all of anyone who is not a Juventus fan hates Juventus. But it's just how it works. I just need a clarification for that, and thank you. All right, now that we've uh, taken care of that... Welcome to a very special episode of the F-Pod. A lot has happened in the last 48 hours, and we wanted to tackle some of the issues, questions, and concerns around a particular situation. However, that situation is actually transferable to a lot of aspects in our day-to-day as sports journals and as people who don't identify as cis male. So, to help with the discussion today, I am joined by Kirsten. Oh, hi. Yes, it's me. I've already talked. Do you want me to still say something else about the week? Because I have something else good about the week. Yeah, no, totally. If you have something good about the week. Let's all cheer about the fact that Juventus got kicked out of the Champions League. Yes! They bought one human being, the individual we know a longer name on this pod, for the express purpose of winning the Champions League. And Ajax kicked them out. That is worth... (laughs) A million celebratory gifts, and it's it's just the best. I'm going to say this now, by the way. I am calling IX to win everything. So I've said it on the pod. It's true. Yep. 
So you just jinxed it. Nope. 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 <laughs> um, and also joining us today is Jesse. Hello, guys. Oh, I get to give you a happy thing? How could yeah. it not be Tottenham? Not That's even today's Tottenham. Who cares? We lost and we won. What a magical, weird, insane thing. And I uh, was at work and I told Kirsten that my father was sending me text updates in Spanish and it was like getting drunk texted because of how weird the match was. It was great. You know Loved what? every I, second. I think we should start a new um, unusual efforts hashtag of family group text <laughs> and we just send in our family group text because that I know I happen. tweeted one this week as well that just said, fuck Juventus. And my mom, exactly. My mom didn't even like recognize it as a thing. She was just like, I'm going to just read over this. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be our new hashtag. Family group chats. Um, and Finally, but or not lastly, what, what's the phrase? Last but not least, is that what last you're but not least? Thank you. That's you. what I'm trying to say. Um, for the first time on our pod, but a long time and an original effortista, we are pleased to welcome Shireen. Welcome. Thank Yay. you. I'm so happy to be here. I love your faces. Even though this is an audio podcast, I'm happy <laughs> that I get to see them, Jesse and. Sonia, I've obviously met in person and shared a room with at a conference, which she's still today the best roommate I've ever had. Um, also, Kirsten, seeing you is like overwhelming for me because this is the first time I'm actually speaking to you voice. It is overwhelming to me as well. It's wonderful. She's the best editor I've ever had. I Aww. met her through this and just it's an honor to be here and I'm so thankful for you guys to give me some space to hang out with you and celebrate Juventus getting kicked out. Yay! <laughs> it's really what this pod is about, let's face it. Yeah, really I is. have sent the article that you wrote, Shireen, about he who shall not be named to so many people. Oh, wow. You know, it's really interesting. I had kind of wanted to always write that, and I wrote another piece with my um, good friend, like my close friend and my uh Bob Burn It All Down co-host Brenda we had pitched this a long time ago and everyone kept saying no so I wrote a piece also for Rewire about that but the funny thing was when I got approached by Time to write this I was like wow this is really cathartic because Time is not a small publication but it was really interesting that that's the platform that I got and I always believe the football goddesses are just which is why Ajax kicked the shit out of Juve this week um, but also, I just think there's a beauty in that because, you know, as much as unusual efforts and the effortistas are committed to the principles of justice in football, I also feel like the resounding sense of justice just not coming out this way through the Champions League results because there's also reports of uh, he who shall not be named, just twat waffle extraordinaire. Um, having massive issues there like with teammates and with yeah. managerial staff because he's basically like a toddler he's and, having hissy fits essentially yeah and no disrespect to toddlers but <laughs> <laughs> but you know just sort of that happening and when you are that much of an arrogant asshole things will crumble around you so i'm not taking joy out of anyone's pain i just except think for, that you know uh, yeah, except for you just kind of an important part of this and it doesn't look like the way necessarily we all want it to look like but it's there it's there and we hope there will be more official justice as well I yes think. hope so for sure um well honestly we can talk about this for the next like eight hours but <laughs> 
there is something a little bit more important and a little bit more, well, not more timely, but something that has happened in the last 48 hours that we really wanted to address and talk about and kind of dissect and unpack and um, answer a few listener questions as well, which I think are really, really important. So um, I do want to say that if your question isn't on here, 100% my fault. I may have missed it. So it's not that your question wasn't important. It's just that I'm not good at Twitter. (laughs) And so I may have just like missed it in the feed. So I apologize about that. But let's get in. Um, Shireen, do you want to explain what happened this past weekend and kind of give you the floor to express yourself? Or this past week, not weekend, sorry. Yeah, thank you for that. I actually, this is the first time I'm talking about it because it was also really draining. And if it wasn't you um, all or this podcast, I wouldn't have agreed to do it. Um, I've been reached out to, I've been trolled, but I've reached out to, been reached out to by a couple of journalists. And I was like, no, I'm not talking about this. I'm not giving it more space or brain um, activity or bandwidth. So I got a, a DM from somebody I know um, who I met through the FAIR Network, which is an organization based out of Europe, which monitors for sexism, misogyny, homophobia in stadiums around the world, but it's based in uh, in Europe. So I've done some work for them. I've done some refugee-inspired um, projects, like using football as a means of uh, integration for refugee women. So I really like your organization. So I met this person in, in Warsaw conference. And then, so we connected via Twitter. So he sent me this article by F365 and it was basically a, um, it was like a chronological showing of why poets corner poet, who is a presenter for Copa 90, you know, was, it was this beautiful video because as we know, everyone's jumping on the women's football bandwagon this year because it's a women's world cup. And they had sort of compiled, which which would have been a really great um, video for anyone else. But Copa doesn't have a history of advocating for women's sport. Historically, they haven't. They did three hires this year. I don't have it on very good authority that they hired um, a DJ. They hired a former model and they hired another journalist to do this stuff all in this year. Um, now, the woman that they hired to be head of the women's football is actually a former New Zealand national player. So, I mean, there's attempts there. I'm not going to you know, accuse them of being disingenuous because I don't know enough about that, and I would never judge someone's intentions. But Copa 90, historically, I don't even follow them because I find them to be so gimmicky a little bit in the way they present their football news. But that's just me. They have a lot of followers, whatever. Um, so F. 365 did a piece about Poet, um, who is a young black man in the UK. And when I say young, it's because I'm old. So anybody (laughs) under 30 is young to me. So just sort of like stuff that he had tweeted um, when he was younger. But some of the tweets are from 2017. Yeah, some were new. Newer, I guess. And there's stuff that's fairly offensive on everything in the range of like women are fucking idiots. And like just literally making that statement. Get in the kitchen, I think, was one of them. A lot of, yeah, and they were fairly uncreative. They were homophobic things, too, as well, about lesbians and. Totally. Equating that trope of like footballers and and, and lesbians and this and that, that we know is like untrue and unfair and unjust and offensive. So all I did was tweet out, hey, Copa, if you're going to do a video about advocating for the Women's World Cup, could you not have him in it, particularly in a World Cup year? So that's what I said. I did not call for his firing. I did not call for any such thing because I don't have the power to do that. I have no authority. But 
I said, if you're going to do this, could you keep it sincere? Because we all make mistakes. Everyone's on a journey. I'm, I have been, I've learned a lot and unlearned a lot about what call-out culture is and that we have to give people, particularly young black men who might have not been exposed to, you know, that type of um, fairness when they're judged. And I'm aware of the racial dynamics in this as well. Like, I'm not just going to be like, hey, you, you know, and, and sort of how unfairly they can be judged anyway, particularly when media is in the UK and around the world for football media can generally be in the Western world rather 90% white cis hat able-bodied men. So I'm aware of all these things going into the criticism. I do believe in holding people accountable for what they say, myself included. Like I've obviously don't want to be held to account of stuff I said when I was 16. Like, Oh my God, no, but I'm aware that it's the process. <clears throat> so I just sort of tweeted it out, forgot about it. Got a few retweets, nothing huge. So then the next day, and I believe this is now Thursday, I got a response directly from Copa 90, their account, which is like 400,000 people, to my Twitter. And I'm like, okay. And so it was a series of tweets, like three or four tweets, talking about how poets' views are unacceptable, which I find really bizarre because if you're going to put somebody in a video who works for you, wouldn't you be aware of what your staff person is saying online? So it's sort of like... And I really do want to highlight this because the way that Copa 90 has handled this is really, really terrible. It's, it's absolutely the worst way possible. If you want a textbook example of how to like conduct a shit show, follow their example on how this is handled. <laughs> so, they, so they directly replied to me, which ended up leading a trail directly to my account of people. So I was sort of like, okay, I'm used to trolls. I get it. But this was different. This is, was, and somebody suggested to me that there was probably a subreddit thread about me because the abuse was very, very targeted. It was. And it was, it was very, very targeted, very similar um, in terms of the way that they would take out my tweets and say that, first of all, I was accused of being reverse racist. And, and the accounts that were coming at me were very, very typical and were white men using black footballers as avatars. So and let's face it, most of them were from the same few clubs that have already been accused of having racist fans. I'll just throw that out there. Can we say that reverse racism does not exist? It's not a thing. I mean, it it just isn't. Period. I have nothing else to even add to that, but it's not. I, I I think that to say that reverse racism isn't a thing is a very new a concept that's novel for a lot of people, particularly. And I knew I was dealing with young young kids um, because of the fact that the way that they were speaking to me. And I have four teenagers. So the vernacular, the way that it was approached, and me suggesting in a tweet from 2015 after the Women's World Cup on how to improve FIFA, my first one was fire all men, Mm -hmm. hire women for those positions, and um, uh, enjoy the beautiful game. Now, when I say that I don't want to be held accountable to stuff I said when I was 16, this tweet is not an example of that. I still totally stand by the suggestion. Like, I really don't have a problem with what I said. So then it went on to saying that I'm reverse sexist. So it started escalating. Like, people were like, you're reverse, you know, and I kind of was like, here's an article about how, like Jesse said, reverse racism isn't a real thing. Racism, this type of stuff is a social construct. And when you're talking about those in power dynamics, but then I realized who I was speaking with, they really didn't understand because one particular person came back at me with, I went to the dictionary and took a screenshot of what racism is and 
you know. So it's like, okay, if you're going to be that literal about it, you clearly don't understand the conversation. So then I was like, okay, and not to be patronizing, but in this case, I afforded myself to be a little patronizing because I'm getting attacked. And then things escalated to you're a cunt. And, you know, going through my things and going through my bio and saying, well, this is, you know, making jabs at my personal life. And, you know, I find that to be for having a conversation with people. It's about with people about something. This isn't the way to start off with your fucking con isn't the way to do it. Like, that's not my approach. You know, it's a tough one. But yeah, no, not really a tough one. So it just it just got became overwhelming. Like the amount of stuff, I locked down my Instagram account because I had, you know, I have not yet locked down my Twitter, but I've filtered it out. I'm verified, which greatly helps. But it also makes me realize those women that do get online abuse and that are not verified, the shit that they have to go through in their mentions. Mm -hmm. So that is really, that's a lot. So I spent my whole day, luckily for me, I had filed a piece that I was supposed to write on Wednesday. So I wouldn't have been able to write. I didn't get anything done. I literally spent eight hours looking at my phone reading these terrible things and blocking constantly, which was the advice I was given. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, don't block, don't engage. I don't engage unless it's really, really like something that gets me. There was one particular kid, I'll say kid, because I could tell they were young, and their name was Yusuf Ahmed, the same surname as me, and they said, you're bringing shame onto all Ahmed's name. <laughs> so I thought that was hysterical. So I actually quote tweeted and said, this is my favorite troll. <laughs> and he he wrote me back with like a emoji thumbs up kind of thing and thank you and like a smiley face and I was like okay whatever like disarm that way but I'm like no you don't get it like this isn't this isn't the way it, it, it works but so I just sort of was like okay I'll engage in the way that I need to engage in and do what's best for me in their circumstance which was exhausting I only cried twice um, oh, only. No, once. I'm sorry, I cried once. But two things really upset me out of that day. It was one when there was a very personal attack on me in my personal life. Someone went through my bio and singled out single mom and said, now I know why your baby daddy left you. And, oh. I mean, I'm someone coming out of a really, really acrimonious divorce. So that was very personal, and I internalized that. And that's fine. Like, they didn't know that. They don't know. But it's it's not fine. It's no. not. Okay, I mean, when I say it's fine, it's like I can get through it. That's the worst. But the other thing that I found even more upsetting was there was a young woman that engaged in defending somebody in the UK, and she's based in Canada, and I'm I'm in Toronto, so she was basically upholding his views by accusing me of being reverse sexist as well. And this is a young woman whose bio stated which university she attended, and it's a very it's not an easy school to get into. McMaster University is a little more like you have to have pretty high marks to get in. She was somebody who was privileged with, you know, post-secondary opportunities. But she was clearly upholding toxic patriarchy. And judging from her name and her sort of tweets, she was from the same community as me. So that was a kicker for me, that this is somebody that I could have been 20 years ago. I mean, mm. I definitely was a more on the intersectional feminist side since I was born. But, you know, her views were really problematic, and that hurt that hurt a lot because I'm like there's so much work to still be done so what I did was I kind of went through her I googled her and I replied to her directly she's one of the only people I replied to and I said listen I feel you know I see that you're at McMaster and I have a lot of friends who teach there who have invited me to their classes to talk about the work I do I can suggest some classes that might be really good for you to understand power dynamics sexism, you know, 
power like power dynamics within genders and with a racialized overview and analyses, a critical analysis, I can suggest them. And then secondly, I said, it's also really uncool for you to uphold patriarch, like patriarchy this way. And then I threw at her a very older auntie kind of supplication. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to basically pray for you. And I did that in a way to let her know our age difference. Because I think a lot of people might not have understood, not to say that you can, can't have issues with someone's older than you, but my point is, is that you don't, you don't get to do this. Yeah. So she she didn't reply to me and she ended up blocking me. But let me tell you, it would have been very easy for me to find her mother because this is not a matter. <laughs> and the entire time this is happening, and young boys from like young Muslim men who are probably the ages of my children, I'm like, I'm going to find your mom. I'm going <laughs> to find your mom and show her the words you're using with me. And when I get to the UK, I will find them and show them the way you're speaking to somebody because it's just. It's just what was happening. So I blocked a lot. But those were the ones that really, really hit me amongst all the others. Um, just for the sake of um, transparency, I want to say, well, all this was happening. The Unusual Efforts accounts was actually at a Copa 90 event. Giselle was there <laughs> and tweeting about it. And based on her experience there, we didn't see anything wrong that was happening they seem to do a pretty good job of the 50 and 50 women's event um but we we didn't know this was happening and we are sorry that we did not have your back and that we seem to be promoting them while all this was happening so I just wanted to get that out of there out there because it might look weird that we're having you on here talking about this while we were celebrating what they did through our Twitter and our Instagram. No, I, I appreciate that. But I also want to say there's a way for us to have a discussion about, like, I'm not writing Copa 90 off. Like, if they can, they have a huge audience. And if they're going to start presenting and including women in their conversations and featuring this, this is really important to me. Like, no one's bigger than the game. But at the same time, there's a way to have a conversation about how to forward um, featuring women and amplifying women but talking about yeah this was problematic and one of the things was I think a lot of people thought that I wrote the piece by 365 mm. which I didn't and then in a bizarre move football 365 ended up taking down that original post yeah so I still don't understand why I have not reached out to them and I'm not going to but this was a colossal failure from start to finish on how to do things they also threw the writer under a bus so there was a, another woman who online goes by Babs who wrote a post which is still up and she has been receiving as much hate and as me and I'm not going to be like, oh, I didn't write it, so don't come at me. I don't function that way. I stand behind what I say and the criticisms that I have of poet. And then someone's like, well, why don't you go through all social media and find every sexist person? I'm like, I would love to do that. If that's an actual <laughs> give, job. Give me some time, yeah. Give me some time. And, you know, like, I also have a job on the side. Like, I'm, you know, a freelance writer. I'm the mother of four kids. I have a little bit going on. And I own a cat, which is mentally the most arduous and emotionally taxing because she's very demanding. I understand. Um, yeah. And dogs, she, you guys. Dogs are the way to go. I, just, I know. She's so, I like, agree. She came in, we told her not to go out in the rain. She went out in the rain and yelled at us for like a half an hour. And we chased her with like a towel to wipe her off. But she, anyways, like she just owns everything. Um, So like in this whole 
saying, like, I'm not going to say I didn't say those things, but I didn't advocate for his firing. I actually don't feel that that's the best way to handle things, is to fire somebody. Taking him out of the video made sense to me, because his tweets were really, really horrific. Um, but taking him out of the video made sense, but that's just a simple editing. They could have just edited the video out and said, we're cognizant of this. But to fire him, no, because I think he's a young man on a journey. If he can learn anything from this, I don't want him to think that, oh, this brown lady with a scarf got me fired, because that's not what the narrative is. That's not, a, it's not what happened. I'm not responsible for firing employees for a place that I don't even follow. But to say, if you want to amplify women's sport, just go back and say, listen, we're cognizant that we have had presenters with problematic statements, but we're growing, and we're learning, and we're unlearning. Everybody does this. I certainly have with regards to the queer community and what I've unlearned and what I've had to listen. I've had to sit down and amplify and listen because I can't learn if I don't do that. Putting men on a video about the Women's World Cup when they've done nothing to contribute to that already, that's a bit premature. So just have women and, and people that are involved in the women's game in the video. You don't need to include them. And it's possible for allies to just sit and listen and amplify. And this is something that COPA really, really really missed and I can't even with football 365 because what they ended up doing is going through their staff and firing people who had also had sexist tweets so it was just like y'all you I really stand by what I said fire all men <laughs> let, let women except the president of Barstool because she's terrible um, let women handle it because you guys are doing a really bad job and the comms people you know, I heard through a friend who's a journalist that they wanted to reach out to me. They didn't. COPA90 issued a statement yesterday, which was literally recycling the tweets that they replied to me. I'm like, it took you 36 hours to come up with the same thing. You replied to me in a tweet? Like, in the meantime, like, I haven't gotten verbal threats at all. Uh, sorry, violent threats. Um, but I have, you know, people are threatening to ruin my career, which kind of made me laugh because I'm a freelancer. And I'm like... You know, someone actually went so far as to message, burn it all down, and say, we want to hire, we want to, we want you to remove Shireen from the podcast. <laughs> so Jessica, so great, was like, she doesn't usually get, because, you know, all of my colleagues and my co-hosts have had their fair share of abuse, because yeah. we talk about it. But she replied and was just like, LOL, you're funny. Like, <laughs> you know, that's all she said, because she's just like, I couldn't help it. And internally, I have so many friends like you guys and, and, and colleagues and loved ones and chosen family that are raging internally, like how best to do it. I've had so many people message me personally. And I never expect ever my women and envy friends to put themselves in the line of fire because I get how that can turn out and I don't have those expectations but I had cis identifying men actually engaging in conversations and I really appreciated that because that's a lot like that's for them to do and I appreciated that that they started taking like one of my one of my friends Thomas Farine got into a conversation as a white man of how reverse sexism and reverse racism is not a thing and my other friend MAD he got into it as well with people and you know, David Rudin was out there. Elliot mm -hmm. Ross, who we all know as football as a country, was out there, and it was, it was just. It, I appreciated that. I really did because they don't have to do it, but I'm really glad they did, and it's a step of allyship. Totally. I think it's so what you're saying and what you always advocated for and said in your work and in your tweets is is goes to how you went about this. You you didn't 
reply to them and say, fire this dude, yuck. Um, but you were trying to teach Copa 90 as well, because they do have this problematic history of like their, you know, icky strip shows and, and not themselves needing to learn a little bit. And so they had this opportunity where they could have learned how to come back from that, how to have a better perspective and more open perspective. And they could have listened and all of this could have been taken as a learning opportunity. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's frustrating and it's sad, um, that they took no ownership or responsibility. Um, I know a lot of us have written to them and I got nothing. I mean, did you guys get anything back? I got nothing back from them. Nothing. One of the things too, that I wanted to mention was poet himself issued a statement on Twitter. Um, I, he didn't do it on Instagram. His Instagram is still active and truth be told, I don't follow him. I don't get my, I don't feel him essential to my football knowledge. It's pretty much commentary I get from unusual efforts when I'm watching a match or whatever. I apologize and, for my Spurs comment this morning. No, no, no. <laughs> and, and anything to do with Italian football and city ads, obviously going to be you folks that I turn to because like who else would I get real intelligent commentary from? Um, but I didn't follow him. So he issued a statement to which I replied in the tweet that I appreciate this. But he deactivated his account and he disappeared on Twitter. Yeah. My response to him was like, this is great. This is a good step. And, but nobody saw that because he deactivated his account. And I didn't think that he would do that. And I didn't screenshot it. But at the same time, why should I have to go out and start defending people when their accusations against me are so ludicrous? Like, if it was an accusation of, you know what, if I did something that was perceived as, God forbid, transphobic or um, anti-queer or anti-black, I will go back and be like, oh, my God, what did I do? How can I better myself? But that's not what they're doing. They're saying you're reverse sexist and reverse racist, which are not actual things. <laughs> so it, it didn't require reflection. It didn't require introspection. And I'm not being arrogant or morally superior. I'm being like, those aren't actual things. <laughs> like... It's so weird. Like, even if they were like your anti-dog, I would have been like, whoa, I don't want to come across as anti-dog. I love animals. But let's see how I can amplify, you know. Uh, Canine voices matter. Sure. Totally. So exactly. <laughs> like, I'll go to Dodo. And a really good friend of mine in Toronto has been sending me um, constantly about animals. Just her entire DM to me is videos and that's very therapeutic and i'm just retweeting them constantly so, i would just like to say that frank loves you so there's yeah, that too blue I, I and blue is right a. here oh, oh beautiful and <laughs> i have no I, cats with me right now sorry but they love you too okay i mean i love you Kay, for saying that but cats really don't love anyone other than themselves oh no. you do not know my cats they, <laughs> they these are the most loving they were rescue oh, cats oh, from the streets and they cannot handle being alone and yeah oh, they, i love that they love i need I need more felines like that in my life because my thought is like why are you here like what is this <laughs> no. and she'll look at me and she'll like literally does this thing well she'll get up and turn her butt to me on purpose when i'm <laughs> cold and like my son yesterday was trying to dry her off with a towel as i explained but she'll get up and walk two steps away from him so he has to chase her to do it like oh, she's just her. it's just 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 
fabulous. She's just, oh, God. You just love her. But anyway, she's our role model. We need a little <laughs> like, She, she like is that. our Rapino as a cat. Is that yeah. aspirational? Oh. Oh, Sorry, for, for you Canadians, that's Sinclair. Mm. Oh, I just realized I'm no longer the only Canadian. I know, I know. And we've got a Canadian question even, so this could be trouble. No, on that note, do you want to go to the questions? So um, these were pulled off of Twitter. And again, if I missed one, I'm really, really sorry. So um, she's sorry about that. I'm (laughs) very sorry about that, bud. Um, (laughs) I don't hear her. I don't hear that accent, I think, because I have the same one. I don't hear it either because it doesn't exist. It, it does exist. Oh, you guys. Oh, my God. Listeners, tell us. that the Canadian accent is, like, reverse sexy? <gasps> no. Yeah. Yes, no. I don't think we can do that. No. But no. it just did. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. How about that? <laughs> just, just eat your poutine, friends, while we read this question. I'm actually eating poutine. <laughs> really wish I had routine right now. Are you really? <laughs> this is the best Amazing. podcast to ever podcast. Uh, um, okay. So, so <laughs> we have questions. Um, I'm going to make a little bit of an assumption here. So I apologize if my assumption is wrong. But what we were talking about people from a younger age and learning, I wanted to pull out this question because I feel like this is somebody who is a little bit younger based solely on their name. So again, I apologize if my assumption is wrong, but their name is Salah Stan 96. So I'm assuming they're younger using Stan and 96 as the year that they're born. That is my basis of it. So I apologize if I'm wrong. And Salah's fairly, he's newish in terms of spotlight. Yes. They yeah. may be 96 years old. Or you maybe, yeah. This maybe. Is maybe. And her name is Stan. Grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Grandpa Dan is 96. Perfect. Um, but the question is, what can white men do to help make the spaces to ma- help make these spaces safer for women and people of color besides calling out abusive behavior when we see it? Great question. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great question. I think that there's no one answer, but the first thing I would do is just say listen. Like just start listening. First of all, start following people um Unusual efforts is a fantastic place. So if they're already following you, it means that they're diversifying. And I don't just mean racial diversity. I mean in terms of non-binary folks. I mean in terms of trans folks. I mean in terms of people from all across. You don't just amplify with one group. Like You don't just say, I'm only going to follow African Americans to get a different perspective. If you're very sincere about that, you'll follow different. You'll follow Asian Americans. You'll follow different people. You'll follow... People in you know, other like, countries. People, exactly. Like, go a little bit beyond yourself. And this is why I really appreciate unusual efforts, because the intention was to not be a focus on North America. And I think that's really great. And, and as it's always been important, I mean, you've had your friend Jenny and Anthony. I've learned a lot from her. And she's, you know, BBC Lagos. And, like, just her perspectives are really important. Follow different people. I have a Google Doc of women and NBs of color in media. Most of them are football. And I'm not going to apologize for that because it's kind of my wheelhouse. But I would be happy to share that. And just say, like, where are you looking for your information? Another thing that's really important is that just in terms of amplification, if someone reads, writes something, for you to click on it and read it, is, is good, is a good thing to share it because it's meaningful. And unfortunately, the 
importance of a piece isn't always correlated to, to how often it's been read and retweeted because some of the most beautiful pieces I've ever read haven't had a lot of eyes on them. And they're probably the biggest piece of journalistic um, investigative journalism that I've ever done was only published to my Tumblr account, which probably my mother read. I know my mother <laughs> read like three times. But um, so give amplify those voices because if we actually look at who's being read wildly and all of you can probably corroborate this some of the work is really mediocre or like subpar so as someone who's edited those people who are the (laughs) top accounts who get the money who are on every site yeah i can tell you that their writing starts out subpar and still doesn't make it that much up to par yeah. Do you think that that um, is also why a lot of a lot of stories don't get told? Like I'm thinking in particular about the Afghan women and, and why it took so long. But is it if we see more women and women of color and non-binary people in in literary positions of power? Do you think that more of of stories focused on non-white men? <laughs> will get told for me it's not only about the telling of those stories it's also about the way that they're told and i mean i'm not interested in like you know muslim majority uh countries or even women of color stories being told by white men i think diversifying is a part of the media that's something that's why unusual efforts when it began was so important because of the fact that it had been committed to hiring those diverse voices and I mean I would really love for ESPN or Sportsnet or BBC to look at or Guardian to look at your hiring or your how you included people so if they can hire you all as consultants and pay you 25,000 euros per day that would be amazing that we'd agree but just the idea that um, the idea that who how it needs to be told and that's as important as what is being covered in my books so it's not just and to get back to uh, grandpa 96 <laughs> question specifically um to see which places are having those diver- like diverse voices like the guardian has Susie rack writing now mm-hmm. Susie was the first one to break into mainstream media to write about this the afghan woman's um uh, sort of the sexual abu- the allegations of sexual abuse against Karim Karimuddin, who was head is a suspended head of the uh, Afghanistan Football Federation, and what, but it was Susie that broke it into mainstream. So what basically we need is mainstream places, and I'll look at them because there are independent journals all over the place, but they're not having the platforms for places like Copa Ninety to think about it, for places like. Yeah, ESPN to write about it. Like the New York Times also covered the story, but only after Susie broke it. So there's these stories all over the place, and they're still not ready to think about politics, social justice, or even issues faced by marginalized and racialized people. They're not willing to consider it mainstream sports. It's not clickable. It's not clickable, but, I mean, the story because it was – and I I spoke to Susie. I can't say off record, like, because we're on a podcast, but (laughs) – And I spoke about a lot of things, and only, as we know as journalists, only actually 40% of what she found out she was able to share because of legal issues. And and the stuff that she wrote was really intense, very detailed, and quite horrific. But there's only a percentage of that that was able to be be shared of. And 
she did it with a lot of care. Susie did it also knowing that she is a white woman and has a certain amount of privilege. And even the conversations that we had, I would be reluctant to have trusted that story to anybody else. So, and they are in the process, like Anna Kessel, another friend, is uh, head of the Telegraph now and is really working hard to get the Telegraph sports section on women's sport to really hire different types of people. And, but that's being done by Anna. Like when you have women in editorial positions or hiring positions, then you'll see those changes. And getting back to that famous tweet from 2015, fire all men. No, don't fire them. That's not the thing. I'm not saying fire them, but there isn't enough place to create spaces for women. They're not even, yeah, I was being sardonic in that, sure, but make space for women. There's enough money. There's enough opportunity. Create roles for women. Do that. And if you're an ally and you're looking for what to do, email, contact those media outlets and say, you need more women on your hiring staff. You need more women 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 at higher levels, particularly. Don't just freelance them out. Mm-hmm. That kind of leads into not a question, but something that uh, somebody wrote in, which I think is really important for you to hear, Shireen. And it's from Reina El-Hilali. Um, and it's, OMG, can't wait for the F-pod. Yes, Shireen, I support you, love you, and look up to you. So hiring women and putting women in positions where they can have their voices heard and their thoughts um, funneled out is important because you have people who will read you and it will affect you. So I wanted to make sure that that one tweet got read through. I think it's especially important. Sorry if I'm talking over you, Shireen, but I think it's especially important that in this case, this particular person has a role model like Shireen, because Mm -hmm. it's not just a woman to look up to, but it's a woman who is of her community group essentially I, i'm pretty sure Raina's is even canadian so I yeah mean, I you got like Toronto. every <laughs> every except for age group here like ticking off all the dots there so and i mean that for me is like super important because i didn't go out to become and when i get emails of people saying you know, i really appreciated this i i saw you do this i'm seeing myself reflected in you or um, that is a huge compliment to me. Like, I feel a little, like, teary right now. I didn't – I started writing about Muslim women in sport and my experiences in football as a woman who wears hijab because I was hated the way it was being done. I'm sort of this accidental role model, I guess you could say, but my intention was very clear. It was intentional that I wanted to get stuff out. But now that there's so many young women out there that are thinking of doing this and still not as many as I would like, when I go to journalism conferences – they asked me to speak to talk about being a non-traditional because I didn't go to J school yet, but I, I didn't go. So they're like, we want to do sports, but there's no place for us. And I'm like, the one advice that I gave out and I'll always give out people is when there's no place at the table, you build your own fucking chair and take it. That's what I said a long time ago to a friend who's now coaching in, in the FA. I said to him a long time ago, and I will say again, and I, my kids are listening, I'm probably going, why does she drop so many F-bombs? But, <laughs> um, the thing is, is that I'm emphatic about it, and I really mean it. Like, nobody's going to make places for us. The reason why women are even where they are is because someone had a discussion at some editorial meeting before they were talked over to say, let's have women at this table. And the changes didn't come because men are opening and welcoming doors for us. It came because we made noise. And 
you know, then there was, you know, different outlets being started. This one in particular, we don't necessarily have to rely on mainstream media because we created our own niche, but it's nice to have that. And if Reem is seeing me and saying, I can do this because she's doing this, I actually started doing this a lot of way because my mentor, Dave Zirin, who is a socialist Jew who writes about sports and politics, <laughs> Dave and I are not of the same community at all, at all. And he'll be okay with me saying he's older than me even. But the stuff that he wrote about was so poignant to me. And I'm like, there was a place for him to talk about this in sports. And he was the head of sports at the nation. Like, I had to get my inspiration from people and then mirror it. But if she can already see herself in me and what she looks like, that helps tremendously. Like, a lot. I don't know a lot of people older than me that are doing Muslim women in sports are academics definitely doing it, but in journalism, no. I'm aging myself constantly. I know this as we talk. But that's a huge compliment to me. Much love to her, and I would love to go out for coffee or ice cream or gelato or whatever with her. She's going to die now. (laughs) Totally. All right, what's next, Sonia? I know we want to be conscious of the time. It is I know we all had hard stops or some of us had hard stops, but Trina, if you have to go, I'm going to ask one more question to you, if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, just scrolling through all of these questions are important. I'm just looking ones that were directed specifically to you and to other ones that we can kind of discuss afterwards, but uh, let's go with uh, Philippa Philly, Philby uh, 1976. Yeah. <laughs> Why and how are you so freaking awesome? And how do you find your strength? Also, who will win the World Cup? And I have tickets for Ken versus Cam Cameroon if you need one. She's feels awesome. Um, um, she, who will win the World Cup? Okay, so here's the thing. I called out a Croatia-France final for the Men's World Cup, and I just want to retire on that. I won't say who will win the women's. I'm not sure. Would I love it to be Canada? Totally. Would I, after Canada, my favorite team is France. And it's always been that. And we could have conversations about me decolonizing my brain after. Um, <laughs> I also am a huge fan of Nadashiko. Like, do I want Japan to do really well? Yes. And I kind of, I love Pino. I really, really love Pino. And I think she uses her voice in a way that I wish other people would <laughs> on her team but she's an influencer and she's amazing do i want the u.s not to win yeah okay i'm not gonna lie and say <laughs> i don't feel that way but i would love it to open up i think france i do also want the matildas to do really well because they hustle that is a team that has worked so hard and then and they, they have... went through that whole nonsense too recently sorry i'm yep. interrupting you no, 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 go ahead. But absolutely. So there's so many teams that I'm so excited about. Do I think Nigeria is really strong? Yes, but for them, it's a matter of consistency. Yeah. And Nasi Sat or Shawala is actually out with an injury, so hopefully they should be okay in time for the World Cup. But because they recently lost to Canada 2-1 um, in a friendly. Like, I am hoping for good things. I want to see the Ragged Girls of Jamaica do really, really well. Like it, it's a, it's So a you want to see them all but the U.S. team do well. <laughs> Is what you're saying. I feel feel like the U.S. will do really well regardless. Like, they are are a really strong team. But what I don't want to happen is that the power of that team and their media and their whatever. You know that Canada doesn't even have its own Twitter handle for the Canadian women's team? Like, they're still... That does not surprise me. 
Mm. It doesn't because, like, I'm sorry, Canada Soccer, and I know you'll shut me out of, like, media access, but you guys are not on the ball here at all. And our women deserve much better. Canadian men haven't qualified for the World Cup since 1986. It's a one wasn't born then. Yeah, Sonia wasn't even alive. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. The only time they've ever qualified. So, like, why the women aren't being hyped up, I do not understand. Oh, I do understand. It's a failing. Yeah, okay, so I actually do understand. <laughs> but is that is that like reverse, reverse sexism? Oh, my God, totally. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so as far as who will win, um, you could I say France? Okay, I'll say France. Uh, England will do very well. Yeah. I also think France, uh, England is not super consistent. Like, they only lost to Canada, one nothing. Canada has a good shot, but they, again, have to keep up their offensive strategy. Like, they're an incredible team defensively. They need to finish and capitalize on those goal opportunities. Because at the end of the day, matches are won on amount of goals scored. They're not won solely on defensive maneuvering. And this is just a fact. Um I'm a forward, so you're going to be like, oh, you're biased. But no, realistically. Um, so there's that. So basically, I'm skirting around that question totally, Phil. Um, can I watch Canada Cameroon with you? I would love to. I might be there at that time. Hey, wait. I, I think uh, I already claimed that ticket. I think you were too late. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I guess we'll just <laughs> Okay. Um, or I'll just tag along. I mean, I don't think Canada Cameroon will be sold out. <laughs> so I think right. I'm okay. Um, but also... In terms of where do I get my strength, I just, I don't know. I think there's no other option for me than to go forward. There's just no other option. Like, I mean, do I think about quitting every day and starting a cat cafe? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> is there yeah. one in Toronto? That's a very important there, question. Yeah, there is one well, in Toronto. Another reason to visit. Wait, it there was got one shut, down? shut down. There's one in Guelph now. Oh, it shut down? It shut the one down, in the, yeah. the one in the West End? The West End shut down, yeah. The one oh. in Etobicoke. But so there's one in Guelph. No, 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 Maybe no. There, there's also open. one on Queen. There's one on Queen West. Or there was okay. one on Queen West. Oh, my God. You think that's West? Oh, my gosh. You're so downtown. <laughs> uh, and West is Bathurst to me. Oh, my God. I live like, oh, my God. I live in the Bondier. Like, I live in the, the suburbs, which are actual cities now. But anyway. Um, can, we, can we open a uh, cat cafe football pub? That would be. Yes. Nice. That's what heaven looks like, Jesse. That's what heaven is to me. All right, I will get my Canadian citizenship. I'll move up there with the dog. Yeah. For the Brent. cat cafe? Is the yeah, dog I don't think good? that's weird. Brooklyn's okay. cat cafe has pet rats. Oh, oh. That's too hipster. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm also, I, I do want to say this, and I said it before. I'll just reiterate how grateful I am for the support. To navigate through this kind of stuff alone is really upsetting. But I also have... Um, other obligations like I could just lose myself and my cat and bend it like Beckham is therapy yes so, um, um my question is how you actually find all those gifts on Twitter because I can't they just show me Beckham <laughs> and it's really annoying I think that in terms of how I reported so many people and guess how many of those reports were so replied to me of we don't there's a there is a Twitter account that is at justice for poet where in their bio their objective is to malign me yes. and to get me fired and I reported this account and I got a report back saying a reply saying they didn't they weren't um, kind of going against any rules or any anything yeah, we so got that same I've report. been reporting myself obviously yeah, so it wasn't 
anything that was bad or considered bad. So for me, it's just like the emotional drain. So I, I clock out. Like I love Twitter. I actually really love Twitter. I met all of you through Twitter. And as much as we hate Twitter, it can be a space of misogyny and abuse. It can also be a point of happiness and context, especially for someone who is in such a niche space like I am. Um, I met other Muslim women journalists in, who are doing like advocacy around the world through Twitter, literally just through Twitter. Other people doing similar work to me. Like I said, you all. I met my Burn It All Down co-host through Twitter. So I want to be aware of that. And there are, and I need it in my life. Like I need it to do the job that I do. I find out about stories that I might be interested in. People like will DM me and say, or tweet at me and say, have you seen this? Like just yesterday I got somebody messaged me about an Iranian woman who was participating in a boxing match in France and she won but there was an arrest warrant issued for her in Iran because she decided to box in shorts and a tank top instead of being mandatorily covered but the boxing federation only recently allowed for hijab so the rules are still unclear so if she decided to wear a hijab they might have excluded her or like disqualified her so it's so complicated but anyway she's not going back right now because she's afraid of being arrested and i'm like this is a really important story because a she should wear what she wants Mm -hmm. and she should have that safety but she doesn't so i wouldn't have found that out if it wasn't for twitter and these are stories that are of interest to me and important to share so i really instagram i find a little more complicated like i find it like really like a lot of work (laughs) i think i'm too old i like snapchat it's basically like me and five people like my aunt is the only one who really communicates how can you be too old for instagram but not too old for snapchat because I started Snapchat to police my kids. Oh, that was a okay. purpose. Oh. But then my daughter was like, Mom, it doesn't work like that. Like, Mama, if you want to police us, we'll just, you know, go around you and just block you or we will oh, not accept. Yeah, they're so, yeah, they're hilarious. It's just like, <clears throat> yeah, it's just like, she's just like, don't do that. And they're pretty. So I was like, okay, but then I, it was fun. And the filters make me look like I, I'm wearing concealer and I'm mascara when I'm not. So that's also <laughs> fun. But, uh, yeah, so then you just keep going. Every time I try for filters on Instagram, I look like I have the flu. I'm I'm not like, it's like I'm worse at Instagram makeup than I am at real life makeup. Anyway. (laughs) So it's it's all these things that I'm learning about. And my mother's on Snapchat, which is really funny. Oh, I love that. She's like, I I really like, she's like, I like this photo, but where did it go? I'm like, aww. It's really cute. So she's like, just take a photo and WhatsApp it to me. I'm like, okay, mom, then it's not Snapchat anymore. <laughs> so she's adorable. And, you know, it's it's a way, like the thing is, I've got four teenagers. I need to be in the know. And then I find out what they're doing, especially when they're not with me all the time. Like I need to find, like know what they're doing if they're okay. And that's a way to find out. And they're pretty good with me. So, Are they football? I know they play, but are they are fans? They- Actually, I have... I tell people I have three sons and a footballer because my daughter's the only player. And she's, she's very, very, very good. I'm biased. She's a goalkeeper, which right. I think is, like, ridiculous <laughs> because they're another level of, like, wild in terms of tenacity and thinking. And she decided to play the only position that I absolutely have no knowledge of and I've stayed away from forever. Um, she, yeah, so... Are they fans? Like, they'll get engaged with me in World Cup and pre-World Cup stuff. Um, They're not Champs League frenzied like me, but 
they'll they'll put up with me and I'm like, okay, I can't pick you up from school between this time and this time on a Champs League match day, so please don't ask me for food. Like, <laughs> think about what you need to do. There's peanut butter and Nutella, so just figure it out because I'm going to be busy um, watching. Um, and being in North America, like, Champs League matches literally for yeah. us. Yeah. Pickup time, so make yeah. your own Two forty-five. It's, it's like the opposite of me and my parents because with West Coast, I have to be like, okay, start at 11.45. I am not free for lunch, parents. Let's remember that. You cannot <laughs> ask me to do anything during this time on the Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And every time they're like, oh, do you want to? No, no, I cannot. <laughs> No, you can't. And you, you actually can't because you're committed to this. Um, now, the women's champ leagues are a little bit different because they're only available, like, through um, a Facebook sometimes. Like, I watched the women's champ league last time via Facebook. Mm-hmm. So then you can't even leave your computer. Whereas before, if I had to run an errand, um, like, or go pick up a kid, if they were too far, I would have the phone on beside me, like, just listening to the audio. Yeah. Because I didn't want to miss or go at halftime. This was with something yeah. I always did. I'll go at halftime at 3.30, run and pick up the kid, be, and then come back. Or something like that. You work around it. Mm-hmm. So it, it was it was that kind of thing. But with, like, the women's, watching the women's games, it's a little bit more complicated because you don't have that many avenues in which to watch and live stream. You yeah. have to be pretty, yeah. For me, they're geo-blocked. Every time I try to watch a women's Champions League game, it's geo-blocked in Serbia. I don't, I don't know why. But that's my complication. I yeah. I mean, have you tried Facebook, though? Because sometimes they show it on the Champs League site. But that's the site that I would watch them from. If you go to the Champs League page, that's last year I watched it on Facebook. I will try. Does, does Zone have Women's Champions League? Does anyone know? I don't I don't think so. Like, I don't want to say no because I just have never tried. I know uh-huh. that there is. There are... I think they have English Women's Premier, but I don't think they have Champs League, which is a bit bizarre to me because I think the Champs League is really, really fun. Yeah. I mean, we're just going to watch Lyonnais, like, destroy everybody again. But that's okay. It's always fun. We'll <laughs> look into that. Um, just for time's sake again, I'm going to ask one more question, if that's okay. Sure, yeah. Um, and questions that we don't get to, maybe we can retweet them out or whatever some sort of medium um, just to be conscious of your time as well. I like the one so from the Aaron. Is that the one you're going to read? Uh, no, I was going to read the one below it, but I can read the one from Aaron. Because I think she's kind of addressed the one below it. Okay, about that's fine. combating um, sexism. The one below it was a name I didn't recognize, so that's why okay. I wanted to... But that's okay. We can we can do Aaron. That's fine. Um, so Aaron Tuhig at Aaron K. Tuhig. Aside from wanting to know how she manages to be so awesome all the time, I love to hear what underreported topics she likes uh, she'd like to see covered or cover herself around the Women's World Cup this summer. Um, I feel like uh, I was actually on uh, Al Jazeera with Lauren Silver of the Jamaican Women's National Team, the Ragged Girls. I think that's going to be a big story for a lot of people. I know a lot of people they're going to cover their training camp, their pre-camp. I want to see a lot about Scotland. I want to hear about Scotland. I think they're absolutely fascinating. I don't ever hear enough about um, Cameroon. I want to hear so much more about Cameroon. Like African women's football is so underrated all over the world. I that was the one uh, game, the, the one tournament I really wanted to see was the Afcon Women's, uh, the Continental Championship that Nigeria won. 
Um, I couldn't find it anywhere. So I was just basically living through Janine's tweets and like trying to find tweets online. And there's a, like, we're talking about millions of people watching this because like the entire continent of Africa is tuned in and really interested. Maybe millions is like a big uh, number, but like definitely like thousands and thousands and thousands of people watching. I want a little bit of a dig into them more in terms of their, you know, how they function and not just from this, oh, those poor women, they don't get the, 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 the money they deserve. We know that. Yeah. Let's talk about their strength and their resilience and what incredible footballers there are. We can't forget, Asisat Ashwala was voted BBC's first female footballer of the year, according to BBC Sports uh, Football Journalists. And it was incredible. This was 2015. Um, she's savvy. Like, I have a friend named Asayat Youssef, who is now in Finland, but formerly played for the Nigerian national team. And just the stories of joy that football brings them. They're not just their goal celebrations, but just the happiness. I think people need to hear this. Um, I also want to hear a little bit more, and I'm responsible for this myself, about the struggles happening in Pakistan, for example. The women's team is really, really, really being... I would say bludgeoned because and restricted because the head of the federation who has now been elected to the AFC executive committee, mm-hmm. the Pakistani women have not played a match in over two years. They did go to the only tournament in South Asia, which is the SAFF, South Asian Football Federation's tournament, which is won by India. So like India has like momentum. They have opportunity. We don't see that in Pakistan and it's so frustrating. And I just, I hate that. Like, these are stories that need to be told. And again, not in a way of, oh, those poor, poor people look at the way those brown men are, you know, restricting them. They have to break through chains of patriarchy. I want it to be told in a more nuanced way. That's what I want. And building off that, because Unusual Efforts has kind of had to scrap their, we're going to do a monthly theme thing due to my repeated illnesses, we would absolutely love for these stories to come out. Obviously, we would prefer if they could come out through the mainstream media where more people will get access to them. But we will publish a story on any of the teams involved in the World Cup. And obviously, we have more of a base who wants to write about the U.S. women's team. We have some Canadians. You know, we have English people. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. we don't... We had a lot of Nigerians, but none of them have proposed anything about the World Cup. We'd love to hear from you. Um, We've had a couple from Cameroon. We'd like to have you back. We've never had anything really on Asia from people actually in Asia, if you're Mm -hmm. not, you know, counting Oceania in that. Um, Mm -hmm. So please, anyone listening to this, step forward with those ideas that build off what Shireen just said. Um, and if you're not the one to write it, tell your friends. The only way that we're going to get these stories is if we get the word out that we desperately want these stories and want to have them told. Yeah, I will want to just reiterate and say what Kirsten's saying. Please pitch to Unusual Efforts. We will do our best to amplify. Um, stories of writing is beautiful. The art is, like, mind-blowing. Yeah. It's just, and I think this is something else I wanted to talk about. And just, if I may, just plug unusual efforts for a second is because it's created <laughs> for women and non-binary folks from start to finish, including the art. And it's so the art is some of the most breathtaking I've ever seen. Um, truly, 
truly the illustrations are gorgeous and they're made specifically for those pieces. Yes. So that's something else that's so organic. So the stories that you have are not going to be like, oh, no one cares about this because guess what? They care. So please, please, please pitch. I always retweet the calls for pitches because it's so important and your work will be valued. I'm telling you this. It will be valued. It will be trusted. Like Kirsten Schleiwitz is probably one of the most profound editors and intelligent people I've ever worked with ever, ever, ever. Agreed 100%. Like your work will be respected and cared for. And you'll learn so much. Oh my God. Yes. You'll learn. And you come out of this understanding what it's like to be an actual writer. Oh, that was a big cry. I hope so. And and again on that, Kay, I hope you know your health is better. This is a project that's gonna keep going and whatever you can do, including donations for this incredible site, which is so important. Like we all, you know, watch BBC, we're all gonna watch, you know, FIFA Media at some point. But the stories along this are what keep me going. Aww. The that's what keeps me going. The Twitter family, football family that are all so connected, the ones that care about stuff. So it's yeah. It's that's why like someone asked how do I keep going is because I have places like this. Like that's why I keep going and that will encourage other people to do it. I love seeing new contributors to unusual efforts because that momentum is still there. Yes, that makes me so happy as well. So I hope those of you who are our new contributors and have been stuck in the mire because of my stupid health issues are still with us and are still trusting that your stories will go up because there's a new one going up tomorrow. There will be a new one in the middle of next week. Uh, I might have to be lying down while I do them, but they're going to be out there and they're going to be ramping up, especially coming up to June. So just know that please. And keep pitching. If you're new, that's fine. We welcome you. I will work with you on ideas, whatever it takes. Woo. Um, so on that note that we are still going strong and we still want writers to send in their stuff and artists to send in their stuff as well. Yes, we need more artists, please. Because let's face it, if we don't get artists, I'm going to start creating art and we all know where that goes. So that is a threat. (laughs) That is a threat. And, um, not to end on a threat, uh, not only at this time, we do a pairing of a beverage and a team of the week, but this week we're going to do something a little different and we're going to do food and team of the week. So give you guys all a second to think about it and I will start mine first. Um, I'm going to go with Toronto FC and nachos. And the reason for that is because yesterday for Good Friday, full disclosure, I'm sort of Catholic. My mom's Filipino. My dad's Italian. I kind of have to be Catholic. Um, we had not just for Good Friday because part of the fasting and not eating meat. And I somehow managed to set them on fire. Like <laughs> literally they went on fire because the parchment paper that I was, I had them on top of also caught on fire. So foil, Sonia, foil this season. Foil, really? Yeah. Foil. Oh. There you go. Learn something new every day. So uh, much like my nachos, Toronto FC have been on fire this season if you completely forget about Champions League. And so that's my dedication. I'm sorry. Your Toronto FC have been on fire. I'm ignoring. Did you see yesterday's game? Did you see um, the Sounders game? I mean, that was pretty close. Oh, I see. Pretty close, yes. 
Yeah, oh so it counts in horseshoes. Before this devolves into <laughs> another kind of fire. <laughs> I'm enjoying um, this little back and forth here. I, I feel I the tension, but it's I like, don't recognize wow. Sounders as a team. And like, hey, there's an Uruguayan on that team. Um, also, still rumors that Forlon might come to CPL, so I'll keep you uh, updated on that. If that happens, I swear to God, she's I will, moving I to Canada. I will be up there at the Cat Cafe. Will happen. <laughs> the Cat Cafe that may not exist anymore. So, but you, you're you're always welcome to our air mattress here. It used to be a couch, but now we actually bought an air mattress. So, um, um, Jesse, would you like to keep yours? Yes. So. I am going with Paella in honor of Fernando Llorente scoring that ridiculous, stupid, wackadoo, weird goal that qualified us. Because who knew it was going to come from somebody? It was going to come from the guy you least expected? So he's Spanish. I give him Paella. It's vegetarian in my book, but whatever. He can put whatever he wants in it. He earned it. That sounds dirty. (laughs) Dirty paella, autobiography. Oh, wow! Wow! Dirty. Whoa! Okay. <laughs> Another shirt. Uh, shirt slogan. Dirty yeah. paella. Uh, Shireen. Okay. Well, team of the week for me. Okay. So the the uh, dish that I'm gonna say would just be a beautiful cheese platter. Wait, I'm dry, so I we, appreciate. We thought you were going with lamb. No, I'm not. I changed my mind because we wanted to talk about team of the week. So my team of the week is going to be Ajax. Mm. And so I'm going to go with some incredible, beautiful Goudas or some delicious Dutch-inspired cheeses. I was in Amsterdam a really long time ago, but I remember literally only eating cheese for 36 hours. Because even the cheese in the Continental Buffet at the airport hotel where I stayed with my brother, even that was amazing. Yeah. And it, when you think of delicious cheese, you do not think of Continental Free Buffet at an airport. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the this is the quality of the cheese there. Like it was. So I'm talking about a beautiful platter with different types of cheeses, soft ones, like gorgeous to the to, you know Dutch region in honor of Ajax and their beauty, their technique, their how simple their passing was even. We've seen the gifs of their passing, mm-hmm. the triangular spacing. Like it was just it was just gorgeous. It was simple. It football doesn't have to be complicated and neither does cheese. So But that. speaking of I complicated when I lived in when I lived in the Netherlands, I learned that it's actually pronounced Hoda. Hoda. Okay. It's not Gouda. It's Hoda. I probably am still saying it wrong. Hoda. Um, can I can I just pair something with that? Um, I would like to add an addendum to mine, as I often do. <laughs> I would like to pair prunes and Juventus. Not a player, this prunes no. and Juventus. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yep. A prune platter for Juventus. Oh, that's um, amazing. Anyway, they shit the bed. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, Kay, what would your very Well, I thought we were going for um, next week's games and keeping on the theme of regional ideas. um, Red Star play Partizan this week in a midweek derby. Darby. um, On Thursday. So I would like to say the only word I can speak with confidence in Serbian. Chivopchichi. Which are, sorry, sorry, Jesse, little tiny um, sausage type things that are grilled 
in Sarajevo, they have Sarajevsky Chivopchichi, which does not have pork. And then they have, like, the other types that do have pork, so it just depends. It's a mixture of meat. Grilled and probably loved by both Red Star and Partisan fans, but obviously we know that it's Zvezda that are going to win. And I just want to say Chivopchichi one more time. Well, now that you guys have made me hungry for lunch, uh, (laughs) we're going to wrap this up. We just want to remind everybody of our Mother's Day sale that has not gone on. I need to make that sale happen. It will will happen by Monday, I promise. Perfect. And so we would like you to take a picture with your mom, your mother figure, somebody that is mother-like, somebody that, you know. If you are a mom. If you are a mom. Yeah, if you're a mom. Um... Put your child in a in a unusual efforts outfit. Yeah, yep. Um, And send them in because we would love to see it running up to Mother's Day, and of course, same with Father's Day. Father figures, dads, granddads, Grandpa Stan, ninety six. Grandpa Stan, we would love to see you. We would love to see you. I'm really thankful you guys have helped me decide what I'm going to wear on Mother's Day. It will be my unusual efforts t-shirt. Aww, we're excited already. The one that Sonia and I actually wore the exact same outfit when we did a presentation together. We have the exact same outfit on. Um, But thank you for bringing that up because I do want to plug something for me, which is actually for once relevant to the actual podcast that we're talking about. Uh Uh-huh, sure. no, it is. If you're in Toronto, May, I'm going to double check the date and tweet it out. I'm actually running a mastermind on how to be a woman on the internet um, with a focus on sports and, you know, how to navigate Twitter as a sports journalist. Shereen, it's going to be very similar to the presentation that we did. Okay. Uh, so I'm excited. I Once I have more information, I'll tweet that out. But yeah, if you're in Toronto, um, please feel free to stop by. Yeah. If somebody could pay for Jesse and I to go to Toronto, that would be nice. That'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I'd be fine with that. I'd accept that. I can offer you free room and board. That that is. <laughs> that's it. By that, do you mean I... the floor or the dog? No, I have an air dog's mattress. Bed? It's an air oh, mattress. Okay, I we'll share it. Bed, comfy. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Bread bed is a Sealy therapeutic mattress. <laughs> to be completely honest, it's better than our IKEA mattress. So, wow. And on that note, um, thank you all very much for listening. Um, I don't do the sign-off, so I'm going to just be quiet now. I love that you let me do the sign-off so I could say Stitcher. I just like the kind <laughs> yes. of thing you've ever done. So on that note, you guys, um, get this and all other man on the post, posty things by download. I'm the least technological person. I don't even know if what the words I'm about to say are the right words you need. But do some combination of downloading, uploading, subscribing. <laughs> You know, pushing the the app button um, of Man on the Post, and we will just somehow magically fall into either iTunes or the Purple App podcast thing, which is what I use, or Stitcher, <laughs> Sonia. Um, and and you're that's what you'll get, and it'll be great, and your subway commute will be that much better for it. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> well, from all of us, thank you so much, Shereen, for joining us and have a safe flight. And thank when you. you do eventually leave and <laughs> have some cheese. Yes. I will. 
I will. I will. Uh, actually, I'm going to have to behave myself because I'm going to the land of he who shall not be named. And I was yeah. just, I'm just going to wear my Argentine jersey. But somebody actually told me not to do that because they're like, you could be. You're also like a Stamped. woman of color and scarf. Yeah. So they're like you know, really, really low key about that because they're very, he's like a patron saint of their world, like their country or something. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. going to wear my messy jersey. I'll wear it in the house. I would send you an, an Uruguay jersey next because that's like much more like nobody really gets it. That's more subversive. Really point. That's actually a really good point. And I yeah, should, I should. I've stayed away from Uruguay only because of Suarez. I just he makes me blah. But I do really don't make Jesse to... start. Don't get. I know. I have a whole. Well, that's a whole other conversation. I, well, I think but... we talked about that because yeah. I love before Lan. Like he's beautiful. I'm sorry. I know. Okay, before, like, there's nothing to this, for. It's very I, awkward. My daughter's in the background going, Cavani, Cavani. And I'm like, yes. I love her. I, yes. Good job. You did a really good job. But this worked out well. I thought I was going to have to cut everyone out. <laughs> <laughs> happy Free Mother's Day also to Shereen and to all of your moms. Thank you. And so happy Holy Week for everyone who is celebrating some sort of religious you know, um, I was going to say religious experience, but religious holiday. Hope you're spending it with friends and family and or yourself or whatever you're doing. So, yeah, happy, happy everything. Happy everything. Yeah. Happy Thanks everything. so much for having me on. I love you guys very much. We love you, too. Bye, everyone. Bye. Ciao. You guys are amazing.